Hey, this is More Than Velocity. I'm Bart Pear here with Jordan Osagara, and today we are talking with Jimmy Lee from Towson University Baseball. He's an athletic trainer there. They've been using arm care uh, in a couple of different ways and seeing some um, unique things, and we just thought, hey, let's let's get Jimmy on here and let's talk about it, because I know some people out there would be interested to see how you're running it in a, uh, in a school setting and uh, what's going on. So, Jimmy, why don't you just kind of give us a quick background, who you are, what you're doing at Towson, and then how you started using arm care. Yeah, perfect. Um, thank you guys for having me on. Um, so you know, I've been an athletic trainer for probably about eight years or so. I got my start. Obviously, athletic trainers know that you kind of start in undergrad. So I was at a Division three school, not a lot of objective measurements outside of some girth measurements and, you know, goniometry. Um, from there, I got my master's at Auburn, where I worked primarily football and men's tennis. But I got to spend like two weeks with the baseball team when I was there um, in season, right when Butch Thompson had kind of got that thing rolling. And, uh, you know, as a GA intern, like I was just kind of standing out there by the bullpen one day for one of the starters. And he just started talking to me about pitching. And um, that really had a lasting impact on me. Um, so from there I went and I worked as a uh, year long intern for the Washington commanders for a year, two years in Houston with the Texans. And then as you get towards the end of that, kind of path you're like it's it's power five football it's group of five football if you want to continue the athletic training career in in football and I just kept going back to those couple weeks at Auburn with the baseball team and I was like that was a lot of fun I did it um, in undergrad with Kane's team and and that was a great challenge and I was I was just looking for the next challenge and I was like if I stay on the football path you kind of know what you're getting um and that experience was great because it opened me up to objective measures like using the Nord board or some force plates. So, you know, just being able to learn about the data and then see how an NFL team used it was really, really interesting. Um, but I, I just started looking for baseball jobs. Um, yeah, real, real quick on that. Do you mind going into some of the differences? Mm -hmm. Because I've, I've known a lot of guys who've gone from Major League Baseball to NFL. And they're like, oh my gosh, they do analytics. They do everything so much better in the NFL yeah. than they do with baseball. And, and baseball is kind of a little bit late to the party of getting into the data and the analytics and really looking at the stuff compared to the other sports. People may not yeah. realize how analytics driven the NFL is, especially when it comes for the ATs of keeping guys on the field, you know, prescribing those workloads and volumes. I remember I was talking to some of the groups at a convention, gosh, probably in 20. 15 2016 where they're tracking movement they're tracking a lot of straight lever shoulder strength um mm -hmm. and all these things are just like hey you know what our offensive lineman is actually only going to do half the reps today because his shoulder strength is down so they're looking so deep into this and it's kind of cool that it's getting into baseball now obviously we're kind of pushing that through the arm care stuff but can you give a little bit of insight on that or is that something we can't really go into too much Oh yeah, uh, for sure I mean the one thing I'll say for analytics and football is I probably left right before the coaching revolution. Um, I think really the only team using analytics when I was still there, and that was 2019 would be my last season. I mean, a lot of the talk was about what the Patriots were doing with their running backs. Um, but there wasn't a lot of conversation about it, even though McVeigh, LaFleur and, uh, Shanahan were probably putting that stuff in their offense, but on the, uh, sports medicine side, I mean, you got to think about the impact that, um, catapult has had, um, that's you know, and catapult. Yeah, that, that's the that's the first thing you walk in and you're like, oh, wow. So, you know, you have the staff basically trying to monitor workloads on a daily basis. Um, and that's something that stuck with me pretty heavy because, you know, the one thing that the coach can always do is say that, oh, well, like 
you know, he did a ladder drill. So it shook the the machine and, you know, that workload's a little bit higher. It's like, okay, you could take the anomaly out without throwing out the data as a whole. And the data as a whole really lends itself to volume and intensity, how much you're doing, how much you want to be doing and, and where you go. And I think that one of the cooler things in Houston was, um, and Coach O'Brien was there. I mean, he was really willing to have conversations about what what is the workload intake right now? How high are we? Where should we be? And where how how far back do we need to get? Um, and especially the high speed running. I mean, if you look at like the hamstring strains, that was it's that's the toughest thing, right? Like you got to keep those guys on the field. It's so hard. The prevention part of it's so so difficult, not just in football, but in baseball too. So that's what you're chasing. And when you have a guy that already is in the cycle, can you use that data to help you? you know, kind of break it. And in some cases you absolutely can, but you don't have full control over what they're doing when they're not there. Um, But it's, it's funny that you say um, MLB being behind NFL, because I I do think um, that there's probably some merit to that, especially because like when I walked out, I was like, I don't know how I would you like this catapult for baseball. Like it's definitely usable and we're trying to use it here, but it's like, that's not going to help me with the shoulder And, and we can use the force plate, but gets tough with how many guys you have on an NFL team. I remember we were doing some force plate stuff at the beginning and you're using the video, trying to go back and look at the force plate and our director of rehab was doing it. And like, you're going to do the big guys first. And then towards the end of training camp, I mean, we've got guys cut that videos we still didn't review. So it's like, you know, would that have been the difference? Probably not, but it's like, ah, we wish we could have just had the manpower to get it done. But uh, I think the most underlies, underutilized item was the Nord board when I was in the NFL. And that's not a, you know, like, it's still fairly new. I mean, we had a couple and then you're trying to go back and forth. What are the best ways to use it? Um, but really when I was interviewing for baseball, I did an interview with Towson, right? Simultaneously, I was interviewing to go work in the GCL for the Astros. And the right uh, choice. The GCL is not where you want to be. <laughs> I just, uh, I was like, well, also, you know, I was 27, 28 and, uh, I had done the internships already. And, uh, my soon to be fiance was pretty much like, you got, you got to make a big choice here. You want to keep moving or do you want to, you want to settle down somewhere? And I was like, I, I get the, I get the message here. Yes. Like s- settling down is probably, probably a good call. Um, so, but that interview process was so difficult um, in a good way too. Uh, their coordinator for all things strength and conditioning and sport performance uh, had me on the phone for an hour and was just grilling me about how we did things in the NFL and everything I, I said, he told me, that I was, I was wrong and about the opposite. And I was trying so hard to like be patient. We're in the middle of a playoff run. So work super stressful. I'm hiding in the press box doing an interview. I'm sweating bullets and uh, I get done. And he's just kind of like, oh, I mean, you know, I, so, some of the stuff you were saying, I definitely agree with. He's like, but you know, I wanted to make you sweat a little bit and just see, see how you'd react if I told you what I thought was wrong. But the one thing he told me that stuck with me uh, was talking about the Nord board, especially He's like, so when do you guys use it when someone gets hurt? And I was kind of, I mean, I don't make that decision. We use it closer to when they're getting back to getting on the field. Guys don't really like it because they can feel their hamstring, you know? So He's quickly like, explain what a Nord board is for those people that don't know. Yeah. So the Nord board tests hamstring strength, mostly eccentrically. Um, yeah. So you're able to kind of lock their legs in and then they lower themselves slowly down. Yep. and control themselves. And then you can measure, it's usually in Newton's. Um, and from there you can look at issues bilaterally or just strength deficits for the, for the individual. So usually what you want to do is baseline guys, right? So we'd baseline everybody on the way in 
And then there'd usually be a mid-season test. Um, guys didn't like it because, like, to me, it was like, well, how often are you truly doing Nordics in your own training if, if you're right. really feeling it here? Um, and if you've had a hamstring injury, you, if you feel that, like, you get really, really nervous. So that was one of the big things where it was, like, very tough for a guy coming off an injury for us to use it again because they didn't trust what the Nord board was, was giving them because they could feel it. And if you've had enough and it's your career, you know, you're going to give us a really hard time. Um, but he was like, well, why, why aren't you doing it isometrically? And that blew my mind. Cause at that point, you know, like we hadn't, we only used the one setting. We got, you know, 50, 53 guys. We got 10 guys we're trying out every week. Like there is a lot going on. And uh, if you, if that setting, if that's not something that's been talked about, how, how do you know? Um, so that always stuck with me in my mind, just that idea of like, why can't you get a submax isometric test after an injury, um, to see like, how low are they? And can, if they can't push, like, why, why is that? Is it the injury? Um, and a lot of times with isometric testing, you know, it's fairly safe because they're not moving the joint, the muscle length isn't changing. So you can get good data. And that was something that even when I got to Towson and we finally got a Nord board last year, I was like, we're baselining everybody. We're going to baseline them in ISO. And then the first hamstring strain we had the next day, I was like, we're going to go like, go in, talk, talk through your patient, make sure they know the parameters so that they don't hurt themselves doing it. But I was able to get instant data and then use that to form a return to play protocol instead of waiting until like right before we're like, oh, we'll put them back out there. Let's check it real quick. Because then it's like, well, if it's super off again, what do you do? Or was that how they were normally? And then how much did they lose from the injury? So those conversations with the coaches got a lot easier. And that's just something from them that really stuck with me. And then at that point, it was like, well, how do I do this for the shoulder? Because that's the... That's the only thing we're talking about in, in baseball, especially at my level. You know, they're worried about hamstrings and things, but like they, they coaches will feel like that, that that's going to take care of itself. The big thing they feel like they'll lose on is pitchers missing time. And I knew taking the Towson job, I was not going to get the answers to the textbook. I knew if I went into an MLB organization, like I would get their answers to the textbook. Um, and that would be really helpful, but it felt like a really big challenge to go to a mid-major program and have to figure that out on my own. Mm-hmm. And the first year, I mean, you know, we we ran into COVID, but when I got here, we had four guys already out of surgery, getting ready for the throwing programs. And I was like, I don't really have anything objectively to say, like, when you should return to throwing. So that was the first thing. And I, I the guy before me was fantastic, but he was like, you know, I didn't have the exposure to the NFL. So, like, I didn't even think about that, you know, like. Why, why would you? But once you get exposed to it, you realize like how important that can be. And that's something that, you know, my boss here talks about. So um, first thing I, I did when I got there is I told all the kids, I was like, you guys are all, have all been in baseball your whole lives. You've been around it. You follow people. You follow training regimens. I want to see it. Let me kind of make my decision on whether I think it's kooky or good or bad. Um, and I've seen what I feel like is can't possibly be everything because there's so much. But Kit, I, if there was somebody on Instagram they liked, like they would bring it in. We'd sit down, we'd talk about it. Um, and so that led to one of my players coming back from summer break and being like, over break, we used this, this device and it showed me my arm strength. And, you know, uh, they used a dynamometer. And I was like, what, whatever this is, like, you need to bring this to me like right now. And he's like, oh, you think you'd be interested in that? I was like, oh, 100%. Like, I'm looking for something that's going to help me. Um, and, you know, like even going through 
my first, my true first season after COVID, we had our best reliever, right? In the mid-major, you might have like one guy who's an absolute dude. And then you have a lot of guys who have specialties, um, one good pitch, uh, special batters. They face a certain team a lot. Um, but we had one kid who was like our go-to. We need to win a game. And we were playing four games a weekend. And he pitched a lot. So he he pitches in a game. And we're back on the field the next day. We're in a doubleheader. And our pitching coach is like, we like we need him. We don't have a lot of pitching. We have to win this game. We're trying to get to the conference tournament. We need this guy. And he was like, can you can you get him ready? And that was the first moment where from there I was like, I I have I have nothing at my disposal to figure this out. And between finding objective measurements and realizing I don't know how to tell my coach if this guy can pitch or not. Like that was such a helpless feeling because we're we're out there and I'm like, Do you think you can go? And he's like, he's like, I mean, I'm taking the ball. Like I'm not pitching after this year so i'm taking the ball i'm like well what if he wasn't pitching after this year what if he was uh what if he was gonna get drafted we've had kids that have gotten drafted like what do i tell this kid who's who's looking at me or this coach like because at that time too with our pitching coach like if i had said no no shot like he would have he would have listened to me he would have trusted me but i was like i don't have anything for me to trust um and as soon as i saw the other thing too is like you're trying to get into the conference tournament you're trying to make sure you get into the postseason and you ask this player are you going to be good to go he goes i'm not pitching next year why not it's like well that tells me you're not at a, even a half tank, you know, like yeah. you're not the guy when it comes down to it, that I'm like, you're the one who I need to go to right now mm-hmm. because you're like, eh, let's roll the dice, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, throw caution to the wind. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's fine in that context. Like y- you still could have some issues going on, but it's still like, if you yeah. want to win, sometimes you need to use that third option who's recovered and just piece things together in a weird mm-hmm. puzzle. I was actually just on a conversation the other day with, uh, I forget who it was, but the same situation. They're like, look, we have, you know, like three relievers that are good. We have, those are our group A guys. Then we have a group B, a group C, and a group D. And they're talking about like trying to mix and match. Like if my group D guys can be group Cs by the end of the seasons, and I have one guy out of my group B that's a group A by the end of the season, then we did then we did good. Yeah. But it's just like sometimes in those scenarios, you got to learn who, who you can mix and match between those. And then one thing I wanted to add in on that too is you look at the way baseball used to do it. And when I say they're late to the party, they're starting to use dynamometry now. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, I mean, me and Barb are excited that we're kind of part of the, the group that's pushing isometric dynamometry. It used yeah. to be break force testing. And I'm sure you're familiar with break force testing. And I mean, if you have two, two trainers, three trainers, four trainers, they're all going to get different numbers on the same guy. And then the players don't like break, for, break force testing because you're cranking mm-hmm. on their arm, you're resisting. And it's almost the same issue as the Nord board where they're not comfortable giving that effort out. Nordboard's awesome. I'm not right. ragging yeah. on Nordboard. It's just that's a complaint the players get, which is why we go with isometric testing using our dynamometer, is now it's what effort can you give me? And it's a consistent baseline because a wall's a wall, a pole's a pole. Yeah. Your effort is your effort. And I'm either going to know that you're dogging on the effort or you're giving me a, your, or your full strength. And either way, if you're dogging on the effort, you're probably not the guy I want to put in the game anyways. So it's a very clear evaluative point, but – uh Sorry about that. <laughs> I got no, no, a hundred percent. And to to add on that too, I mean, I'm in the I'm in meetings just patting on the table about this stuff at at work because you know my boss is a little bit more old school, which I do think like it meshes really well if you're flexible enough to add in both. Um, but he's like, well, I mean, you know, how much are we how much are we really going to put into isometric testing? And I'm just banging on the table. I'm like, as much as as much as we can. Like this is the safest way to get objective measurements. I'm like, I'm using it every single day, pretty much with these guys. Like 
this this matters. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and to then, give a quick example is you know we're not we're not the crystal ball. We're mm-hmm. polishing the crystal ball so you get a better view of what's going on. And we looked at it the same way yeah. with scouting was we went through with the Angels, me and Ryan, and you know we went through our entire PD system and we determined what do we actually improve well, what do we not do well. And then we relayed that information to our scouts. So if it was, you know, a changeup that we were really good at developing and a guy has a really good fastball slider combo, we can probably teach him a changeup. Let's take that guy. If there's yep. a guy that's, you know, really good, you know, fastball changeup, but he needs a curveball to be a successful big leaguer. And we don't teach that well. We're polishing that crystal ball. Not to say, you know, we're going to, we're going to magically change this guy all of a sudden. Yep. We're just trying to get 80% of the way there. And then 20% of that on our, on our gut is going to fill in those gaps to make the right decisions. So, you know, that's where that isometric training comes in. So you're, you're dead on. And I think that's pretty cool because you have a really unique experience, which I get excited about because you've had the NFL, which looks yeah. at things so much more analytics than baseball or with analytics. They're like, Hey, Bart, how do you feel today? You go, I feel great. Mm-hmm. I can go to post. And then Bart turns to you and goes, Jimmy, <laughs> there's no chance today. And yeah. then the coach goes, well, Bart said he's good. So what do you mean he's not good? He, he told me yeah. he was fine. I trust this guy's word as he goes out there and gives up a nine spot and you're no longer yeah. in the conference tournament. <laughs> I mean, let, let me say we did make the conference tournament, but that day we, we, we put him back in all three, all three of us understood the risk. Like the kid was like, I understand uh, the risk here. And I was like, I was like, all right, we're all on the same page. I don't love it, but like, I'm, I'm still young enough where I'm going to be like, let's throw our hat in the ring. It didn't work out. He got uh, Hofstra hit a fuck. Sorry, can't can't curse. My bad. <laughs> Hofstra hit a uh, Hofstra hit a hit a bomb off us. Um, but you know, and then we had to shut him down for like a week because he was so sore. So lesson learned that that was a huge mistake. Um, and you know, he just wasn't built up at that point in the season to to do something like that. Um, but once this device like came into my stratosphere, um, I would say last year I was so bent on proving that it was going to work because at Towson we're just we're a mid major team. We're a mid-major school. Um, you know, we have funds, but baseball isn't the most funded sport. So if I'm going to ask for something, I got to know that it works before I go and ask my bosses or, you know, coaching staff to, to give me something that I know that I'm going to be the one running. Um, I got to make sure, like, I'm 100% certain that this is going to, one, help me. And if it helps me, it helps the team. Um, and so I... I had to purchase a device. I had to purchase a dynamometer and then I purchased myself um, like a profile. And so for the first month I had it, I was using myself. I was like trying to play catch with guys and I wasn't getting, I was getting objective numbers. I just wasn't getting anything tangible. I was like, all right, well, I had to start trying this um, on my, on my athletes. Um, and we've been trying to figure out a way to do some screens. Screens take forever. I didn't like how we were doing T-spine rotation. I kept tinkering with it. We go through the entire fall, and I have nothing worth of anything on the screens that, I, that, I, that I'm comfortable with. And I've got this device that I think works. And so I just started using it with injured players because if you're an athletic trainer and you work in any sport, but especially baseball and, and, and probably softball as well, but – you can have a totally normal table exam for a pitcher and they cannot throw without pain. I have had that so often where they come in and you can look at their range of motion and maybe they've got a little bit of GERD, but when you look at their total arc, they're, you know, they're, they're pretty clean. And then you go back and you do all your manual muscle testing 
and everything's a five out of five, or you can cheat it, make it a four plus out of five if you want. And they're killing in the weight room, but they're telling me when they go to throw a baseball, um, like they're in, they're in pain. They, they don't feel good. They're, they're not comfortable with what's going on. So I think um, this was the first time I had a kid come in from out, outside. He was a JUCO transfer and he was an outfielder. And he was like, I've had two labrum surgeries already. So he went, he was at Oregon State, tore his labrum once, rehabbed, tore it again, surgically repaired again, kicked out to JUCO, came to us and was like, he basically showed up day one. He was like, I think I have another tear. I think I have three tears and I don't know this kid. He's supposed to be an outfielder for us. And I'm like, this is a disaster for me. Um, and when we used the dynamometer, he was weak across the board. So I was like, well, how did your rehab go the first time? He was like, it went, went good. I did everything I was supposed to. And then, you know, I was kind of following the throwing program and then I just went, went too fast and blew out again. I was like, how was it the second time? He goes, Oh, I didn't really do my rehab. And I was like, well, yeah, there, there you go. But as we used the dynamometer, I was able to watch his strength levels increase. And then we were able to start from, start from scratch and build, build them up, build them up, build them up. And, and by the end of the spring, he was able to play center field for us a little bit in spots. Um, it didn't work out just from a hitting perspective with us, but Louisville slugger, he played for one of their summer ball teams and they, they came by and they were asking me about him because they were like, yeah, how did you like that? That kid's like, looked like he had a pretty live arm. Like, how did you, how, like, what was he like when he was here? And I was like, oh, when he got here, he couldn't pick up a baseball. And that was the first moment where I was like, okay, there's a piece for this in, in what I'm doing as I saw him go through the spring or yeah, in the spring. And then in the fall, we had a, a pitcher come in, same thing, transfer, Juco kid, just, he's like, my arm's just killing me. He's like, and my velo's like 82. It used to be like 85. He's like, and it just hurts when I throw. And I did the tests. I did all my exams with him, right? Normal table exam, nothing really bothers him. And then we put him with the dynamometer and he had a, he had eight pounds of force, external rotation. And I was like, all right, his, his, um, his internal was great. His internal, I mean, was still a little low normative data, but it was like in the, it was like 35 and he had an eight. I like, I watched that number. I was like, all right. So now I know where we got to, where we have to go. Answers a lot of questions for him. Right. Well, I can just like, you know, in, in a rehab plan, whoever is the, is the rehabber, you have the, the way you like to do things. You have your go-to exercises, your movement patterns for warmups. I think a lot of those things can become very standard, especially if you're just getting a normal exam. If you're getting something abnormal, then you kind of know you want to focus in that area. Once we had ER at an eight, I was like, all right, we have to focus significantly on building that back up. And uh, we were able to get it back into the twenties, into the spring. And he was telling me it started to feel a little bit better. And then when he's returned now, um, you know, he still has a huge gap IR to ER um, because his IR has always been pretty strong. But once we got him back, um, he was, so much stronger external rotation and a lot of the a lot of the pain and issues he was having throwing stopped well now that your arm doesn't hurt every time you can throw you can focus on you know what it actually takes to be a, be a pitcher mm -hmm. um and i think that really helped him as we kind of move move forward even in even into this year i mean it's something that he's conscious of or if it's starting to hurt again he's like all right well i haven't been doing what i needed to do um, I'm looking, I have an old spreadsheet from the spring and when he came in, he had a, he had a 28 for ex, external rotation. So throughout, you know, a four week span in the fall, once we figured it out, we were able to get it up 20 pounds. And all of a sudden, a lot of that, those pain issues 
they started to go away. A lot of the tendonitis issues, all those overuse feelings, like they started to disappear because he was starting to get strong enough where he could handle throwing. Um, and, and then it was, and then that was in my mind where it was like, okay, this, this tool might be the most important piece of my practice. And if I'm going to continue to be an athletic trainer in baseball, I can't go anywhere where I don't have this. And then it was like, all right, so now I need to be, I need to be able to do this full tilt. Um, so in the spring, we kind of had a couple guys with, uh, portals, you know, whatever, whoever I kind of wanted to sign up for it. And I managed the starters and a couple of the heavy relievers and really opened up the conversations about, um, recovery. I mean, you know, young, younger athletes, like they don't know, you know, that's another thing that I learned from doing this. They, they, they have no idea, you know, the pitching coach will tell them when you go home for the, for the winter, work at 60% of your total workload. And they're like, I don't know what my total workload is supposed to be. But having this tool um, opens up those conversations for me to have with them and for me to have with the pitching coach. So now he knows I know what I'm talking about because I have something to bring him to show him what these numbers look like. Mm -hmm. And, and from there, you know, you get to have better conversations about like, Hey, what are you doing during the week? Like, what is your arm care routine? Are you doing what I've already put out for you? No. Okay. Why not? Oh, it's not convenient. Okay. Got it. Well, how can we make it more convenient? And they're like, I don't, I don't know. So then I'm watching practice and I'm like, why, why, why are all the pitchers shagging fly balls during BP? You know, we'll hit BP for like an hour and a half. I'm like, how can we rotate them? Do we need them all in like clusters out there, like chit chatting? So now we have them all rotating so that they can all get their arm carried. And so there's no excuse. And then I'll just sit in the pen with the bands. So like, they can't just walk in there and just like, hang out, you know, like they can just lay on a foam roller for a little bit and then be like, Oh, I did my arm care. I'm in there. They have, they have questions or like, you know, if they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm like kind of fatigued today. I don't really want to do it. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, but I can go in on my phone and look at their, you know, their score. So I know that, you know, instead of just being like, Oh, you're sore today. Yeah. You know, don't worry. So, um, yeah, that's always the way it works in the real world. Hey, I'm a little bit tired. I'm just not going to do anything. It's like, yeah. I don't yeah think I, that's how it works. <laughs> I tell, I tell the coaches all the time, like, Hey, I'm just kind of tired. I'm not coming to practice today. I'm, I'm trying to train to be one of the best athletes. Yeah. That, that, that Towson's ever seen, but I'm going to take a couple days off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and then even in, in the spring, we had, we had some guys who would fall into the category of um, they were good. They didn't have injury worries, right. Just up their total scores, right. Strength to velo ratio. We had a kid with a 1.69 coming into the spring on his baseline, heavy curveball. Um, that's like the main pitch in his, his repertoire. Didn't throw it a lot over winter break gets back. Obviously, you know, that the preseason for baseball is not really conducive to safety as far as injury risk from an arm standpoint. So he, you know, he's getting ready, gearing up, throwing a lot of curveballs in his pens, just trying to get that pitch game ready. And now he's got, he's telling me he's got this pinch. I've got this pinch in my elbow. I don't know. And now he's got, you know, we kind of figured out it was just, some, some tendonitis in, in, his, in his forearm, everything with the UCL was clean. Um, so then I'm like, okay, well, now that you're shut down from throwing, like, let's take a look. His, his scores dropped significantly. He started in the preseason with an IR strength of 35. That had dropped down into the, into the teens. And his external rotation strength was, I think, 46. And that had really, really plummeted. Um, and I was like, is it, is your arm... Like, why, why are your scores going down? 
he's like, I just, I don't feel as comfortable. He's like, I'm trying on the test. He's like, but in lift in our, with his, with his band routine, with coming in to see me, he's like, I'm just trying to give myself more rest and not working as hard while still throwing. So now he's fatiguing and that's making his problem worse. But when we went to go start to, you know, put him back into throwing again, you know, he took, he took about three weeks off. We did a slow progression. He's a, he's an inning, inning two reliever. Well, now I was able to like, before he started throwing, I'm like, well, let's, let's see if we, let's get you back to baseline. So when his coach is like, Hey, it's been, you told me three weeks, it's three weeks. Is this kid ready to go? Elbow feels great. Table exam looks normal. Everything feels fine. Last piece though, is I can run this test. And now I'm like, I'm more confident in the decision I'm making because I'm not just putting him out there. Yep. I'm not just saying, Oh, I think he's good. I can see that his strength has turned back to, to where it was. Um, and now when he does start to throw and he feels pain-free, like his shoulder is strong enough and education wise, it's like, you know, sometimes in those things where your arm doesn't feel good, come to me before we get to the point where your arm score has dragged down and your elbow's killing you and you can't throw the one pitch that like is your moneymaker. Mm-hmm. Give, give me the opportunity to try and fix it while we go so we can stay on the field instead of taking you off. Um, and those conversations have really been the driving force for like what our program has used arm care for. Um, and then this year I was able to get it some coach approval. We got five devices. We got every single pitcher, um, a, um, the, the app and a portal and a login. Um, and we've just, we've, they've tested twice a week, um, all, all season, pretty much all fall. Um, and it was just like, somebody comes in with dead arm. Well, let's go look at your arm. Let's go. Let's go look at, look at the numbers here. It's let's giving see. you that information to dive in and see what's actually going on without guessing. Yeah. We probably have time for like one more question. And I think it'll be a cool one. Um, if you don't mind going over, obviously you guys are starting back up here any day. <clears throat> How are you going to use that information to relay to your coaches? Here's where we should start these guys off after coming out. We're, we're just finishing up. It's early January right now. Maybe you guys start working out in about a week or something like that, but how, how are you going to relay that information to say, look, we need to look at this guy a little bit deeper, delay his program. Let's actually move this guy along a little quicker. He's done everything he needs to. So what are some ways you're going to use that? Well, the first step, and you know, it used to be like you, the day you come back, like we're first practice, we're going. First day they come back now, we're doing a weight room session. We're going to let, let our, our, our strength coach Henry get eyes on them, see how they progress and move through a workout, see who's been doing what. And then they have to come in for pitching wise and do their arms, arm care score. Right. And then before we make a move, like I, I get to look at the data, interpret it, see who drops significantly, who's been following it, who hasn't. And then if we need to do reductions based off the coach's plan, we'll, we'll do that. Um, and we're going to look at it and see who's, who's dropped more. And then those conversations get to take place instead of just being like, Oh, you don't feel like you're ready. Like, why don't you feel like you're ready? Or, or what we did maybe last year, it's like, Hey, maybe that was a little too much Versus, Hey, where do we need to be? I mean, we've had a couple of guys that, you know, due to some unforeseen incidences, missed some time in the fall. Um, and one of the important things for us is before we put them back into some throwing protocols was one looking at their arm, arm score, um, and then figure out like, where do you want them to be week one of the season? Because we don't have so much time. So it's like, you tell me what we need, where we need to be volume and intensity wise. And then we'll use this system to basically figure out, mm-hmm. 
are they meeting that 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 score? So you're um, taking where the coaches want them to be, working backwards from there, and then formulating mm-hmm. a plan to get there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's because cool. to, to me, I'm not trying to use this to go against the current. I've seen I saw that a lot in the NFL. I mean, it's it's not a it's not a bad thing. I mean, I feel like it ends up being a bad thing because you have people arguing who need to be on the same team. But for me, it's like, how do I avoid that? It's like if I come in and just be really opinionated about this, I don't think that's gonna work. So, like, why I have the tools, like, and I I have you guys too. You guys are awesome, right? We talk all the time. It's like, let me work backwards. You tell me where we need to be. And let me and and Henry, our strength coach, figure out, is that feasible? And then let's figure out who's going to be in danger when they get back of reaching that goal, right? If we've got a bunch of guys in the red, like, hey, that that idea of like multi, like so many bullpens a week, like maybe we need to chip it down, right? Because if we don't, we're you're not going to be able to throw them anyway because they're going to get hurt. It's and They're going to be sore. That issue of going, well, this guy says he's good to go, but now he's out for a week. So now not yeah. only do we have trouble in that one series when he gives, gives up the home run, but now he's out for the week as yeah. well. So now we're losing yeah. him for four games in a sense, yeah. as opposed to just, but hey, let's sacrifice the one. Shutting, shutting someone down for the college season can be a disaster because you don't want to rush him back. So you're looking at, you shut him down with an injury, you're looking at maybe three weeks, mm-hmm. right? If, if nothing's seriously wrong, they've got some overuse, they need some time off. Well, you got you to gotta build them back up. You can't just a week after if they stop throwing for three weeks, like they can't just pitch in a game that week. Most mm-hmm. guys can't handle that or they're going to be out longer. They're, you know, we're going to have a bunch of surgeries then. So for me too, the other thing that I look at is we're going to throw live. Um, and that's the one challenge we have in the colder weather areas. We're going to be in cages throwing live. Well, the guy's throwing too much and is fatigue and maybe isn't saying anything because it's just normal soreness, right? That's, that is going to be a part of your preseason, right? Guys are going to be more sore. Well, he, if he's not throwing as well, he's not going to have any confidence. So now he's got a whole repertoire of pitches. He has no confidence and he's fatigued. And now he's in a cycle and he's just spinning around. And our hitters feel great because they've been teeing off on guys who are throwing meatballs because they don't have strength and they have no control. So, um, you know, I, I think looking at how we did it last year, I think we're hoping to make a lot of strides with just some of the decision-making in, in part with this. And, and that's been the nice thing too, is the coaches – they have been a little less hands-off with it, but it's not in a, hey, we don't want to know what's going on way. It's a, hey, we trust you to make a clinical decision based off one injury risk and performance because they know how badly I want to win too. So it's like, what are the numbers telling you and where do we need to go from there? Because I mean, even for, you know, I wasn't sure I'd be able to get every single pitcher. I was like, give me the top 10 guys. and like, can we buy these for them? Right. It's going to be expensive, you know, relatively speaking, like for us. And he was just like, oh, he's like, we'll figure out budget money for this. He's like, we're not going to, you know, do this halfway. Like we're, my head coach was like, you're getting, we got 21 pitchers or 20, you know, 20 pitchers, like with some two-way guys. He's like, everybody's getting one if that's, that's what we're going to do. Um, he's like, and if you're going to use it, he's like, which I've seen, we're going to use it. And he's like, and if you have problems, then, you know, it's going to become a, a team mandated thing. So um, it's, it's been awesome. I mean, I work out of a couple different buildings, so I'm running around a lot and I've left two sensors in one building, two sensors in the other one in the locker room. And, uh, everybody all the time is telling me like the baseball kids are in there constantly doing it right. Right after lift, whether I'm there or not, like kids are in there doing it, um, looking at their scores, talking about it. Um, and I think it's been, it's been really helpful. It's also been really helpful, like strength and conditioning wise. I mean, we work really hard on the performance team together. So like when we did it last year and we had a bunch of IR deficiencies, it really forced us to sit down and be like, why are we 
why are we so weak with internal rotators when that's such a big muscle group? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little bit flipped this year, but the external rotation strength hasn't exactly gone down. It's just the internal rotation strength has gone up. So, you know, and that is, is a positive though, because now at least to me talking with Jordan, like how, what am I, what, what else can we do? What kind of changes can we make? And then, you know, our conversations, yeah, I don't, like, don't want to oh, go we're... too much into that. Yeah. Just, so we don't give away anything. Oh, sorry. That, obviously it's, I don't want to give away what you guys sure. are doing, obviously, because there's some things that keep it unique, but <laughs> right, right. you know, we've talked about some of those individual things of, of switching stuff around, but I think yeah. you guys are going to make a good run at stuff. And I don't, I don't want to give out what we were yeah. discussing on that end. Got so. it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, I, I do think too, if it, it does help, like I won't be in that situation. Even last year, I wasn't in that situation again, where the conversation is like, is he ready? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the app does some unique things where it helps you kind of figure that out. And I don't think, I don't think I've seen that anywhere else. So if you're a pitching coach and you should be, you know, if you're at an elite level, like you're, you and your athletic trainer should be pretty much hand in hand with everything, you know, your, your AT, like, or you, you should have armcare.com and that should be helping you drive the decisions because maybe the, maybe the information you're getting is like, oh, maybe he's not ready, but he's warming up and he says he feels good. He looks good all the parties are aware of that. Maybe he's a little low. And then you can kind of make a decision from there, but at least it's an educated decision as opposed mm-hmm. to me just kind of standing out on a mound in, in March in, in Long Island being like, I, I think he can go back in. Like, I, yeah. And know, then I'm that's really the sure. big thing too, is it's, you, if you're doing those exams on a regular basis, now you can look at that and you can tell your manager, your manager can start making yeah. those decisions instead of going, I'm going to give him an, I'm going to send him back out. Mm. Now it builds. Know, this guy's recovered. He's throwing well. He's going back out, or yeah. he's throwing adequate. Yeah, breaks down a little bit. I don't feel like rolling the die. I don't feel like betting my job on this right now. I'm going to go to somebody yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, it it definitely lets you build a pattern. Um, once you and as you get buy-in with your kids too, right? I mean, I think that's also the important part. So it's it's been great for me to like help educate them on their arms and like what you know they they don't realize especially the freshmen, like once they get here, the work it's going to take to be a collegiate athlete and then the work it's going to take to keep, to take care of their arm until all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, your, your arm cares, your arm care scores down. Oh yeah. Like I know that. Like, let me tell you why I know that. Cause I watch you play catch every day and you're burning your arm up or I watch you, like I watch you in your pen throw effortlessly and you're throwing hard and then you get in the game and you're trying to throw as hard as you possibly can. And the ball's ringing off the backstop. Um, and that kind me. of, <laughs> But it builds trust. It builds a lot of trust because they know one that I'm using something that's within their best interest and that, you know, there's a, a level of dedication here that they they might not have been getting in some of their other places because like we're gonna use everything we can to try and make the best decisions possible for them. You know, and if we need to change stuff, like we we will or we have, or I have data that goes back now through the fall, I have data that goes back through for a full year for these kids in the arm care portal that we can sit down and break down how their whole year has gone. Their ups, their downs, show them that, you know, progress isn't truly linear, right? That they're always asking me why their arm cares for like why it drops and goes back up. And I'm like, well, what were we doing that week? And then, and then, you know, when it's like, oh, that was the, the biggest week of the fall. It's like, yeah. And then let's look at your, when you left, when we left at the end of November, you had your high, you had your highest score. So we built a lot of strength, but it it is going to go up and down and you have to trust that. And it's just, it's no different. It's no different really for any other type of success. Um, 
but it is awesome to be able to give them that feedback. Absolutely. Jimmy, I, I can't tell you how happy it makes Jordan and I to hear how you're implementing this because we deal with so many, especially younger athletes where velocity is all they're concerned about. And, you know, we have to talk velocity and do that and that's fine. But really the vision behind arm care and why we're so excited about it is exactly the story you're telling. And, uh, and we're just very happy to get it out there and let, let people hear about it. Um, I know we've got your strength coach wants to be on here. I can't wait to get him in here and get Ryan on as well and really get into some, some details and stuff. But um, I think, you know, this was a great one to get set up and, uh, and love it. And we really appreciate you uh, being here. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Um, so much for having me on and really for all the support, you're not just purchasing the dynamometer you're getting pretty much the whole team. If I ask Jordan, if I can give him a call in the morning, he's like, yeah, he's like, he gives me a couple times in the afternoon. He's like, let me know when you're free. And he, you guys are always happy to kind of break, break stuff down and fill in the gap. So I, I think, you know, it does take a, take a village and you were expanding it significantly when you kind of buy this product and, and dive deep into it. Love it. All right. Appreciate it. Until next time. Perfect. Thank you.